Episode of the All Things Blues, the Southern Rock Podcast. With all with me always is Jason. What's going on, man? I am bunkering down, hunkering down, whatever down, preparing for this ice storm of death that's heading to Ohio, <laughs> Brian. There's a big, huge pink thing over your, your whole section of the Midwest up to from New York City to Memphis. Yeah, it's not great. We've been getting a lot of rain, so the, the the death is coming with a white death behind it. But other than that, I am doing well. I'm doing well. I'm still riding the high of the Bengals making the Super Bowl, so I have two weeks still to be happy before my dreams are crushed yet once again, Brian. Okay, okay. Well, how are you doing? What's going on in North Dakota? I'm good. Well, you know, it's freaking cold as hell. 20 below zero, but we're supposed to get up in the 20s, 30s next week something to look forward to a heat wave you know what it's at this point of the year it's whatever gets you to the next day or the next week you just got to focus on you know and hot music you posted some cool stuff we were talking about this before we got on but uh you found a a a guitar player a woman who's like shredding some uh extreme you know betancourt stuff how'd you come across that yeah neely brush um well just last night i'm just surfing youtube and it just popped in my head that i want to check out extreme i like watching them every once in a while and so that came up in the youtube clips i'm like well I'll check this out it's really cool just because well she's a freaking amazing guitar player but also that unless you're at an extreme show you can't sit and watch nuno's hands like what's he's right. doing you know so it's it was cool very very cool to to see that um so other things going on here uh chris from uh Babylon Shakes just uh, posted about uh, the vinyl is coming out. They've got the first copy of uh, Vintage Soul Rock and Roll. That's a great um, album, man. I, I've listened to that quite a bit since so getting the CD from him, and it's uh, love it. Bourbon House has announced a tour uh, coming in March and going into April. Looks like uh, stuff in the south up to a little bit of the Midwest. So that's going on. Uh, what else we got going on here? Of course, Damon Johnson's uh, video that he's been posting. Whiskey Myers has uh, got some dates posted for February. And you're going to see Whiskey Myers? I am going to see Whiskey Myers uh, in March with my father-in-law. And uh, we went to see ZZ Top before. So uh, he's a big fan of, uh, of uh, Yellowstone. So he's been digging what wow. he's been hearing. So yeah. we're going to do that. And that'll be a good time. Dorothy um, just announced a tour yesterday. She's coming to Columbus, Ohio. So I might grab my buddy who plays drums in my band. Uh, his name is also Brian. And we may go. We like her stuff. And I've been reaching out to try with her manager to get her on the podcast. I've uh, sent her some stuff through like Twitter and Instagram. And she's indicated that she'd be game for it. But we need her 
management to get back to me. And we were just talking about Doug Pinnock from King's X has a band called Grinder Blues. So we're going to try to get in touch with him. That would be awesome because, again, we were before, talking before we got on, I really liked King's X. I thought they were an underrated band. They didn't get the appreciation they deserved when they were around. They were just overshadowed by a lot, of, a lot of hair and a lot of grunge. Right, right, for sure. But a cool so, band, though, man. You know, as I was looking at that storm map, it, uh, it was over Evansville, uh, Indiana as well. Evansville. What a, what a tie-in, Brian. Tell us about Evansville. Well, Evansville is uh, hometown for the Cold Stairs, and the Cold Stairs have a new bass player. And do. we uh, were fortunate enough to talk to them again all about it. Um, and uh, you guys are going to hear all about that. You've been, I think you've been a little more in, uh, in touch with Chris, chatting with I, him and whatnot. Yeah, I have, man. I, he really enjoyed being on our podcast and, and just chatting and he and I have been kind of sh- shooting the, the shit a little bit back and forth on stuff. And, you know, I got to see him in Cincinnati and just staying connected. And then he was kind of giving me a heads up like, hey, we're going to be hiring an, a, a bass player in the band. You know, we're going to talk about it here at the new year. Can we come back on and, and with the bass player? And we're like, of course, Mike, we, we dig the band. Chris has been super cool to us. So come on, let, let's let's meet Bryce Clee, the new bass player. And uh, you guys are going to find about find out about him too right here. Let's uh, no to no further ado. We got Chris from the Cold Stairs, Brian, and new bass player Bryce. Kick back and relax and enjoy our conversation with those guys. guest segment of the all things blues and southern rock podcast and jason's going to tell you guys who we have with us today yep my pleasure always to announce the guest we have a returning guest to the show one of our favorite bands one of our favorite people but he's bringing with him a guest who's new to the band and we're going to talk about that we've got chris tapp and bryce clee from the cold stairs and i better pronounce your last name right bryce you nailed it you got yes (laughs) (laughs) we before we got on, we had a conversation, Chris, even before you got on, we had a conversation, like I was trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name. He's got this Dutch-German background like I do. There's a G in my last name that we don't know why it's there. So, you know, people butcher the names. But glad to have you guys on. How are you guys doing? We're doing we're great. We're doing great. A funny, funny story, man, when we, <coughs> we had Bryce over for um, one or two uh, rehearsals and... I, don't, I guess he heard me talking to somebody or something else. But before we played the first gig, he goes, hey, man, um, by the way, uh, our last name's Clee. You know, it's, it sounds like Lee. And I, I thought he was, you know, thought he was joking. <laughs> I was like, no, it's Clue, man. <laughs> or it's Cluey or, you know. It's like, yeah. That's what I said, Cluey. I, I thought it was Cluey. Uh, I, I didn't want to make a fuss, you know, but I was just, I heard it a couple of times. It's like, well. I knew that I knew I was going to have a bunch of family at the show and I, and I, I didn't want to 
I don't know, have it be a big deal. So I just, I was trying to be polite. Just say it's Bryce Clee like Bruce Lee. There we go. There you exactly. Go. Yeah, exactly. You see, you see how easy, see how easy to get along he is. It's like you know, no wish. He's like, call me whatever. We'll just call him Sting. You know, yeah. be done with hey, it. That's cool. Well, so it looks like it looks like we got somebody else hopping on here right now. Live. <laughs> like this is all of a sudden it's a party. Tell me, Bill Gates is jumping in. Oh no! <laughs> well, is that you? Uh, yeah, it's me. What's going on? Hey, hey. Well, hey. we just did intros because we weren't sure you were showing up. But everybody, Brian Mullins, the drummer from the Cold Series, we have all three people of the Cold Series on at one time. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know what a drummer got on his IQ test. <laughs> we heard you were the uh, tech guru of the band. <laughs> Well, some days. We all have our days, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. It was perfect time. We just did the intros and happy to have, well, Chris back on. He was back on a few months ago, right before the album came back, came out. We know you're kind of on here to talk a little bit about where the band is, what's going on, Bryce coming aboard. So, man, what's going on, Chris, Brian, how did you guys get this dude? Man, uh, we were, we've talked about it a few times about adding somebody else and it just, um, we were always doing well enough that, and the creative spark was enough that, you know, we, we just kind of held out. And also some of the other bands, white stripes and black keys kind of got away from being a two piece. So we were kind of the, the rock two piece out there for a little bit, you know? So we just kind of hung on to that. But I think the turning point was, uh, first of all, we wanted to do something new for the new record, the next record. And then when we, we were in Europe, twice last year the second time our label was out to see us and um lauren uh that works for mascot said you know uh if i'd never seen you guys live before and never heard you guys i'd be blown away but as a fan of the band and somebody that really knows the album in and out it's kind of disappointing that you didn't play any guitar solos live and some of the other instrumentation wasn't there and i thought it was a really valid point and she made it at just the right time because uh, for some reason, Brian and I were having a conversation in the van on, on tour and Bryce's name came up and, uh, Brian said that they had just done a Tom Petty. Um, they had just done a tribute thing for Tom Petty not too long ago and Bryce had played and he was, Hey, you know, he, he was really good, you know, and, and really tight. So I, I just kind of put that note in the back of my head and was quiet about it. Cause we've, we've talked about it for a while and Brian, you know, felt pretty confident to stay as a two piece. So it was something we kind of had to work into, but um, Bryce was the right guy at the right time. And uh, not only the fit for the band uh, musically and creatively, but also he's from our hometown. We've known each other for a long time and um, he can tour, he can do all the other things and we all three get along. So you know, we're early into this, so we'll see how it all works out. But as of now, that's kind of where we where we came from and where we are. So the true test will be like when you get some miles in the van. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we we already discussed that. Yeah, but he's like, man, I'm not carrying nobody's amp. You know, I'm not picking that up. Ah. Well, he's got the heaviest amp, right? The bass player. <laughs> I mean, I got to carry my own stuff. You know. 
I got a bad back here, man. <laughs> See, I'm sure I'm sure there's a light bulb to screw in somewhere in the van that the bass player is good for, right? There we go. That, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can do that. I have very. You know how fingers, to replace so. a tire? I mean, you, you know, you could go out and replace a tire or something. <laughs> yeah, you don't want me to replace the tires, so that's I'm, that's. A, I'm the official tire guy. I'm the car. There we go. <laughs> I'm always I'm always concerned with that, but no, he's. As you can see, it just it just felt natural, uh, and I was nervous. Brian can probably speak to that too. I mean, we Brian was a lot more ca- cautious than I was. I'm I'm somebody that gets excited, man. If, if something if I feel something creatively spark, especially when I think it's going to help me write, then I'm super excited. I'm like, oh, let's go, let's do this, you know. Um, but um, it did it did work out, and it, and it sounded great. So we're off to the races. As a bass player, I'm super excited that you added a bass player because when I listen to duos, watch duos, I'm always a little bit like, hey, man, how come there's no bass player? And now you don't (laughs) have to hook up all those laptops. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, Chris, you guys were never playing to a track, though, when you're playing live. I know you had your setup to kind of help with the low end, but you're talking about not being able to play solos and stuff, right? You guys never played to a track? No, we... we, uh to the point that we added Bryce we never used tracks we never used any kind of stuff like that I was handling it all and not to toot my own horn but I did get very proficient at making you know getting a lot of rumble and getting a low end sure um to do that and that was kind of one of the things we were known for and, I, and that's another thing. I didn't want to be known for just a band but I want to be the known as just the band that is two people that can sound like four I mean that's an accomplishment but by itself it's kind of a, a, it's a tech thing. It's a, you know, it's not a creative thing. And and the other conversation that we had, Brian and I had separately was, you know, we have 200 and something thousand, 300,000 followers, listeners every month that listen to the music. There's only a few thousand that have ever seen us live. They don't care for two piece or five piece. They like the music or they don't like the music. So that was part of it. The issue with me playing live us as a two piece and me handling it all was I still, I had whatever I played on guitar, I played simultaneously on the bass. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I could cover myself and play a solo. I wasn't using loopers or anything like that. Right. So I couldn't play chords. Everything I had to play was single note stuff when the bass was in. And um, it created a cool dynamic where the band would go up and down volume wise and, and have bottom or not have bottom. But it was crazy limiting. And I, and I just felt like that we, I personally felt like um, as a songwriter of the band, I, I'd kind of got to a point where I think I'd written all I could for a two piece. Yeah, for sure. I saw you guys live in Cincinnati at, at Bogards. You guys were playing with Larkin Poe. You sounded great. Like it is, man. There's a lot of low end. You guys sound full on the record, sound full in person. But, you know, one thing I did know is, yeah, you're not, you know, you weren't able to play some of those solos and stuff that are on the albums that sound cool as shit. So I'm sure you're, excited to go out there and actually rip a couple solos off now yeah and i've i've never really been you know there's so many great guys out there that are you know the bottom bosses of the world and a lot of those guys are my friends and i love i love what they do just to differentiate myself from other people i've always kind of shot away from that and tried to be a little bit more um eventive i don't know if that's the word or not i've tried to be a little bit more artistic with my guitar playing uh as far as just trying to create my own voice 
so I'm playing solos, but it, it, it more than anything, it frees me up to not play sometimes, you know, and mm-hmm. hold a chord or, or do something atmospheric and let, let Bryce and Brian crank it out underneath. Um, it keeps, it lets me take my hands off the wheels for a few minutes, really, if that, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So Brian, for you, like, this is a big change for you. Cause I know as a drummer, you lock on to the bass, you lock on to low, like, how is this dynamic change in the way that you're playing or, or kind of going to, going to play? You know, not so far, uh, not, not much so far, really. It's all, um, you know, everybody talks about the drum and bass player connection, you know, but ideally everybody's listening to everybody. And we're all mm-hmm. playing together, I hope, you know. And uh, so it, it hasn't been a big deal. You know, uh, a few of the, the songs that we, um, we've been playing live, I had to re-examine the bass drum notes and, you know, think, oh, gosh, I, I probably need to do this consistently so he can latch on to it No you know what notes to hit but it's it's been pretty seamless i mean playing with bryce is is pretty seamless i mean it just it feels very natural and he's always exactly where he's supposed to be so and you're a heavy drummer man like you've got a real heavy sound and of course it's mixed with chris's playing everything but man i was the most impressed and surprised i was about seeing you guys live is just how heavy of a drummer drummer you are and you know is that having a bass player at your side going to kind of help you keep crushing it yeah yeah I, I sure hope so i mean i think i think bryce can make anybody sound good so i'm sure i'm sure he'll help us out so <laughs> you this guys is, don't this need is, to sound good i mean yeah. it helps sounding good and this is the bryce love session already right like can't wait for him to do something wrong so we can give him shit, <laughs> one, one, hey, one thing i'll take it I'll <laughs> one thing I'll, I'll add to brian's uh what brian said was just from my standpoint of kind of being playing the Jimmy Page role of producer and guitar player, whatever in the band, Brian has always really crushed the drums also to fill up a lot of space. And um, he, as far as drummers, man, out of anybody I can think of, he is the, he's the best at just hearing parts and going, okay, you know, he he plays things a normal drummer wouldn't play because he's been covering space Mm -hmm. when it was just him and I. So it's cool now to have Bryce in there. So hopefully, you know, Brian, it gives Brian an opportunity to do some more finesse stuff as well, which he's fantastic at. And just hope, hopefully it opens up some more doors for him to, to showcase some of his work. So Bryce, let's get this from your perspective. When do these guys Absolutely. approach you? And obviously you said, yes. Yeah, so let's hear the story. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was, uh, God, it was uh, around beginning of December. I think um, I was in the shower and I had kept hearing my phone just blowing up. And uh, I couldn't figure out what it was. And I finally get out and I see it. And my brother called me like five different times and just like, what does he want? You know? So I called him back and he was like, Hey, uh, Chris Tapp's trying to get a hold of you. And I was just like, for what, you know, what, what does he want me for? And, and then like at that same time, my phone dinged and I saw it and it was Chris and he was saying, uh, you know, Hey, would you be interested in messing around with the cold stairs? And, I was just like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was blown away. I was floored. Um, So, yeah, so, you know, I I went to it, and I I had known him. I had seen him around town for years and and always been a big fan of him. And uh, so I kind of thought about, you know, like, what what might I be needed to do? You know, what what would be my role in that situation? And, you know, do I come in and, you know, I, I didn't want to change the sound. Their sound was great as it was, you know, I just wanted to, 
you know, add to it. And really my, my whole goal was to make it seem like nothing had changed, that they didn't add anybody. And um, then when we finally get met up and started to uh, uh, kind of go over what they were actually wanting, you know, it was essentially that, you know, and uh, everything that I had been preparing for had been kind of, you know, that that's what, exactly what I was looking to do anyway, it was what they were wanting. So, uh, you know, it, that, that signing up with them was a no brainer, really. You know, it, it, it was just, uh, it came really easy. Right on. What's your background, though? Like, what kind of bands had you been in prior to getting with the Cold Stairs? Really, I I took just about any gig I could get, to be honest. Uh, I, I'm, my main background has been in jazz and uh, jazz and funk for um, for years. I've played in jazz and funk bands, uh, a seven-piece band here, and then uh, like a funk fusion trio. Um, so that was kind of my history. I had played some rock stuff before and um, kind of a heavy, heavy rock band before after, earlier than that. And, you know, so that was kind of, I don't know, I, I think I like to think that my background's pretty varied, at least, um, you know, had a wide variety and all that, you know. Sounds like you guys need to play some jazz. I mean, Brian's got go. the opportunity a little bit to spread your jazz. Chris, what kind of jazz chords? How many sevens do you know, man? Two. <laughs> You're going to have to learn all your chords all over again since you haven't played them for so long. First first position, second position. No, I, you know, it, it we're, everybody will see with the next record. It, it does open up, um, it opens up a lot of windows to jump out of and not just in the fact of covering space, but also just of a mindset. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about the record and I'll, I'll explain kind of what we're going for, but it opens up a lot of things creatively um, to bounce off of, you know, now I got two guys to kind of bounce off of for writing stuff and um, having Brian's a jazz guy as well. So some of that will, I'm sure will creep in. So have you guys, uh, when you started playing, rehearsing, have you two had to like hold back at all or is it just fitting into what you're already doing? Is it filling the spaces nicely or any adjustments or? Not really a lot of adjustments at all. I mean, the first couple of times and even um, um, several times during our show last weekend, um, you know, I'm just back there with my head down playing the songs like they're normally there you know i mean it's it just you know for as awesome as bryce is it, it's uh it's really just not that big of a difference as far as we're on stage playing music you know and and he adds a ton and there's it's neat from my perspective it's awesome to hear chris get to play some solos i mean to to cover um to do some things he's never done for on, on, the, on the guitar and like you said take his hands off the thing for a second and and just get some space, but it's neat to hear all those. You'd have to be, you know, deaf to not observe, you know, the, their musicianship, but it still feels the same, you know, head down, rock and roll, bluesy, you know, good stuff, you know. So. You mentioned you guys have played a show now with Bryce as a member of the band. Like, what was that like? Was it nervous? What was it like playing together? Just kind of run through that night for us. It was, well, it I, was shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was shit. 
I'll, I'll let Brian uh, gloss over it after I, I tell you how bad it was in the fact that um, our normal sound guy that is, has become part of a kind of a fourth member of the band who's amazing wasn't there that night and we've been running in-ears with him for a while and so he's really got a routine down of the monitoring system and he wasn't able to be there that night so throw that on top of it was sold out so it was packed in there there's not a green room there's not a dressing room for us to get into so we were kind of hammered before the show and then we had we were fighting the in-ears we had issues with the in-ears we had some other stuff that we were just PA wise that got silly that night and it was one of those moments on my end, other guys can speak for themselves, but on my end, it was one of those moments where you go, this is not going to be right, but we're going to make the best of it because that's what professionals do. We're going to get up here and play our best and try to do the best. And we, and we executed well, but it was just one of those, you know, it's just one of those nights where if things could go wrong, they did go wrong. Like being one of the young dudes when you're first starting out playing in a bar, you can't hear anything, not, no in-ear monitors. It's just... Yeah. You're hoping everybody's doing the right stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You, Brian, ne you never know. Brian, throw your say. nickels in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here I come. Um, <laughs> no, man, it, it, the life, sound, life sounds a tough gig. I mean, and there's a lot to go wrong. You know, he, the, the room is tough. Um, the stage is tough. There's, um, it's very reverberant and a band as loud as us. I mean, we're not, you know, super loud, but it's, it's a real rock band, you know, and that's, that's, it's loud on stage, so, um, but, you know, I, I think in spite of that, it was, it was super fun. I mean, I, I just had, I had such a good time watching Bryce enjoy his evening, take it all in, and I, I was having fun, too. I mean, I think, I can't speak for Chris, but this is, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Like, I just feel like it's, it's, Bryce is just a fun dude. It's like, you know, Chris and I are, uh, maybe not the most happy-go-lucky guys in the world. It, I'll, I'll speak for myself. But, uh, Grumpy but old Bryce bastard. Is, man. Yeah, and I feel like we just, you know, we mind our manners are a little bit more, we're a little bit nicer, a little bit more smiles, you know. So, um, no, man, I, I, it was a fun night. It was a fun night. Yeah, right, I mean, to, to kind of speak what, uh, with what Brian was saying, I thought the gig went great. So I don't, I'm kind of surprised to hear these reactions. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we were fighting the sound issues, yeah. um, but you know, I've played with crappy amps, crappy sound, sound guys, no sound guys at all. And so, you know, I just, I, I trusted my tone sounded all right out front and, uh, I just, I just played, you know, I just, I just did the thing. So, uh, you know, but, uh, no, it, I mean, I understand the issues were there, but, um, I, I had a blast. So. <laughs> Well, what did this sold out hometown crowd audience reaction? What was that? What did you guys hear? It was great, man. The, pro the, the, the problem in my gripe is that we saw some video later and the, in the mix just wasn't where it should be. <laughs> and, excuse I agree. Me, and our, I agree. And, and our volume wasn't what it should have been. And we, we were reliant on some stuff with in-ears and some other stuff. And, and because we were all, you know, kind of nervous first show. I mean, the fans were fantastic. They loved it they were they were crazy as always and um so you know it it, it was it's kind of like going have dinner at your mom's and and your mom doesn't make the lasagna the way that you you know hoped she would have <laughs> it was uh it was great because it was us three up on stage i think the thing that more than anything if i if i make a point about it would be that 
it gave me a lot of confidence going forward. First of all, I know we're going to have a blast. Second of all, I know we're going to be super creative and be able to move some stuff around on stage, just jamming and playing, but also being under that situation where the sound was not right, the monitors were not right, gear out front wasn't right, and we still played great. I mean, Bryce killed it. Uh, Bryce and Brian both did um, without a hiccup. So it gave me – it's quite a bit of confidence to know on the worst of nights that we can pull it off how good it's going to be in the future. It can only, it can only Ab- improve. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, Bryce. Um, go ahead, Brian. Um, usually when a guy comes into the band, you, like, you have to learn the parts, but there's no bass parts. So what was that like for you? You just get to like just do what you want or? Uh, well, uh, you know, and Chris's, you know, in his uh, wisdom, I guess, you know, he put a bass on the album. So for mo- uh, most of the songs, there's a little bit of a bass on there that I could kind of cop. But other than that, you know, it was following the guitar or, you know, I don't think there was anything really besides the new stuff that I had to, to come up with the part on my own yet at least you know at that point in time um everything was kind of there or you know it was it was kind of obvious you know what what the bass should be doing during a certain part at least it felt like that to me and so you know that that finding what to play was was relatively easy it was just getting it down in time and you know I, i never told them uh so chris called or texted me on a friday and uh later that night i came back home and i transcribed their first like or their latest three albums that weekend i i was i was really amped to do it i was pretty pumped up but yeah i i wrote down you know i just transcribed everything i could and it got to a point where i was like okay man you don't have the gig yet you need to take a break you need to you know you've got enough material for now and i mean i didn't even know if i'd play half the songs and uh i don't know i just got a little carried away but you know, uh, yeah, it, that, you, it, didn't, it, you didn't get carried away. That's why you got the gig, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was like every every song brought, we mentioned, every song we mentioned, Bryce was like, yeah, I can do that one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we can do that. It was like, holy shit. When did he learn? When did he learn all this stuff? But we did to to, to Bryce's point. We did. I've, I've played bass on all the records. We had Kurt Schneider that's played with John Mayer and uh, Five for Fighting play on some stuff. So we when we originally started out, we we kept a bass to really follow the guitar. But the last couple of records, kind of leading into us getting Bryce, I've played more and more bass on the records where it's kind of sits by itself. So it, it we were kind of leading into where we are with Bryce anyway. I think album wise. Now Bryce mentioned some new material where he got to try to create his own part. So I mean, what's what's going on? You guys just released. A very critically acclaimed heavy shoes I mean, that album is great it's on so many people's best to 21 lists so like, i mean are you guys ready new songs what are we doing yeah we're just oh, starting we played four new songs yeah sorry go ahead no go ahead brian i was gonna say we played four new songs uh last weekend you know so we're, we're off to a pretty good start um you know there's always a record to make so anyway, yeah. we're, uh, we're sure game. We're sure game for making them. So uh, that, that's been, that was a lot of the, the rehearsal was, you know, getting working on the new songs, you know, instead of the old material. So yeah. getting those ready. So you doing an album in 22. Is that your goal? Yeah, really. Absolutely. I wanted to Absolutely. do 
Yeah, I really wanted to do two records. We're behind just because we toured so much in the fall of last year. We did two tours in Europe, and then we did uh, Aftershock Festival, and and we're out in California. And blowing Metallica off the stage, if I recall. I don't. (laughs) If there was any blowing, we might have had a fan on the side of the stage. I don't. I don't know about that. They were they're fantastic, but um, it that was a fun gig. But we um. We just got really busy, man, and we took uh, December off to write and start working on this record. But we're so uh, our single Mojo Hand that was from the cyberpunk uh, video game with Keanu Reeves. It's going to come out in March or April, and then we're recording the next record in April. Us, us three are, um, and we're writing for that record now. I've been writing since December, but. Um, we've kind of gone a couple different directions and had a few different ideas. And I think where we're settled now is, uh, originally, you know, I'd kind of thought about doing a record that was just all fuzz kind of blues, a little bit more blues than what we've done before, but we kept having these other songs that were really good, that were a little bit different just outside of the genre. And I think where we've settled, um, is doing a record that, is just the best songs regardless of what genre they fall in so um the count of the working title is identity crisis for the record and i think we'll have some blues songs some pop songs some rock songs some root songs a little bit of everything because we're just kind of there was a few songs that we had that probably wouldn't have fit that i was like man these these songs are too good to cut you know not not use so um one of the one of the the criticisms that we had with heavy or heavy shoes was that it was just kind of a more of a hard rock record, hard blues record from start to finish where ways was a little bit more varied. So this record, I think this next record is going to be overly varied and we're kind of considering each song and album to itself and really production wise, trying to do just the best we can to serve the song. It's going to be a, this is going to be a really fun record to make. I bet I bet again adding you know an extra dimension with the bass player but you you guys have a lot of you know are you nervous about living up to the last album because it it is on so many people's best of lists writers podcasters I mean it's you guys have been kind of all over the place with this with just kind of universal accolades we're we're very lucky and very blessed to have so many people like that record and more than anything uh you know if, if you ask our true fans a lot of them love that record they also love ways and and we didn't have the muscle behind ways and didn't you know mascot did such a good job with this record getting it out to people so it created those opportunities for a lot of people to listen to but on my end of things uh there's no apprehension i'm not apprehensive at all i think uh, i'm super excited because me and brian really had a tough time making that last record It, it wasn't an easy record to make just logistically or time wise and I didn't feel it was our absolute best work. I think it was it was a great work out of frustration where we just said, okay, we're going to see this through. We're going to make sure it gets out. But out of just going, oh, this feels good. Let's make a record. It was really hard one to make. And I think this one, all three of us are smiling, happy. We're going to be able to get in the studio. We got a couple of people that we're talking to about mixing and mastering and so I think it's going to be much better because just because the environment's going to be so much better. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, 
it's a it's a challenge you know it is a strong record heavy shoes was a great record and uh you know it, people say it's a hard rock record all the way through i don't know that i completely agree with that you have um a couple of songs that are that veer off that path a little bit but as far as the new record um i don't i don't necessarily feel any pressure to make a, a better record than that i there's always pressure um from within um all of us to make the best record we can make you know so that's um you're given the circumstances that you have you know time money resources etc but we want i mean i i really look forward to the challenge of trying to make you know as good as or better you know so chris you've always produced and that's something that you'll always do moving forward um you do engineering and all that but you're did you have somebody else mix and master the last ones or this is this a uh, new thing for that for the next well, one? Yeah, Brian and I both really produce have done all of it. You know, we we both kind of have roles uh, writing and arranging also in, in the studio production wise that we've just kind of gotten a got a thing for we we mixed uh, the ways record with our friend uh, Matt Qualls and Wesley Graham at Sam Phillips in Memphis. This last record, yeah, this last record, uh, Heavy Shoes, we had Mark Needham um, mix it. Mark, um, if you don't know him, is a super, super talented guy that's done Imagine Dragons and Fleetwood Mac, and he's he signed uh, a lot of the great bands like The Killers and stuff from the 90s and the 2000s. Um, and we had we got a long working relationship, and, and he's a good friend of ours, and we had him mix the record because – um, he's also played a role in the, the mojo hand thing. And so we, we gave it up to him and had him do that one on the last record. Also just logistically, it was hard for us to get back in studio and do that. But, um, this record, I'm not for sure. We're kind of on the fence. So I'm, I'm friends with Gordy Johnson, the guitar player from uh, big sugar that, um, has produced and, and mixed and engineered, um, a couple of the government mule records and the Warren mm -hmm. Haynes stuff. And, uh, oh, yeah. So we're talking with him and we're considering maybe going down to Austin to either record there or we may record in Memphis and then send Gordy the tracks and have him mix. Or we may take it, depending on how, how the stuff comes out, we may take a stab at mixing ourselves. Um, one of the things, just being in the studio over the years, you know, when we made the first record, Brian and I, neither one really knew anything about studio recording. And we both... Um, I think have done a very good job of paying attention and being students. So every time that we're in, in the studio, you know, there's not a lot of going outside and smoking and hanging out. We've, we've watched and paid attention and made notes. And with each album that we've made, we've worked with great engineers and great uh, people in the studio that we've learned a lot from. So it's put us in a position and I, I recommend that to any band that's, actually trying to make a living at it is learn as much as you can so you can be self-sufficient to do as much as you can without having to have somebody else in now when we bring somebody else in it's really a luxury and a and a, a creative spark to bring somebody else's ideas in because we we definitely don't have to if we don't need to well with technology these days too it becomes a lot easier to record your own music to produce your own music doesn't it? especially like cousins independent band like you guys are cheaper. absolutely yeah, but Brian's, Brian's in his studio, Bryce is in his studio, and I'm in mine tonight. So 
if we have to. The thing about it is after COVID, and we'll get get their their opinion on this too. My after COVID, man, it's you. We were so isolated for so long. I I really don't want to be in my studio. I want to be in the studio with with my band. I want to be creative with them. I want to have lunch with them. I want to work with people that we love in Memphis and 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 Gordy and have a creative um you know party man to get out of this lockdown it's great it's great to finish a lot of times we'll do the record then i'll come back and do vocals at my house just because i can wait until it's quiet and it's three o'clock in the afternoon and my voice is feeling good and really get down here and nail it versus when you're in the studio and you blocked off a week if you got a cold or something's not feeling right that moment lives forever so do a little bit of that when you guys record are you going to play like live or are you guys going to track everything individually no live absolutely because, i mean you're the type of band with that energy man you got to play live in a room together i just i don't think it would do you justice to track separately yeah i mean yeah, we can always, yeah we've had to do uh that, we've had to do that a few different times and we can get there it's just it's just a whole lot easier it's just more fun yeah. to be in the room it, and just well, not you're it playing out, it, you know? like you're playing just, as a band of course right right there's something to be said for everybody being in the room and, and just breathing the same air and and uh you know uh living in the same environment you know creatively there you know um getting on the same page i think it would be boring to track everything individually to be honest with you like my my man we've done three albums we've all played live together a scratch boat i couldn't imagine just sitting there and tracking an individual we did the uh the black sunset ep that's on spotify we did that separately brian and i you know it was during lockdown and it, you know, I did tracks here and sent them over and he played drums, sent them back and changed this, change that, mix this, mix that. And, and we did, uh, we were able to do that EP. So it, it's good to do a little bit of that work just so that you know how to do it. And, um, you know, if you, if you want to do tracks and send them off, if, if there, there are times that you have to have to do that. So it's good to be, it's, it, that's a good option to have. It's just not the one you, it's not the narrative you want to be stuck in every single time without a choice, you know. Well, when there's a global pandemic, fine, track individually. <laughs> Once all that shit's over, you guys get together and play. Yeah. And we were all in, you know, in masks and, you know, right. swabs hanging out of our nose trying to sing. <laughs> so. we're, we're so over that shit, you know. Uh, like, everybody is everybody so over is. It, uh, And I'm yeah. so, oh, yeah. I'm really hopeful, like we're on the, the downswing and there's no, God help us, no crazy aspirin that's going to come out. <laughs> everything up again right. yeah absolutely just, just a world war probably no no <laughs> new viruses. you know we get through a pandemic now there's a world war. i mean what yeah. the hell right yeah, was, we're, we're we're looking at plane tickets and trying to we're going to uh we have another scandinavian tour in uh june and we're looking at, i'm looking at tickets now and i noticed the day after they started talking about russia going into ukraine that the ticket prices went insane i'm like all right it, <laughs> We've already had two, we've canceled one tour once over, you know, a pandemic. Now we're going to, if I have to cancel it over a a war, then maybe they can take a break for us to get this shit done. <laughs> so no <laughs> Russia and Ukraine dates on this, on this summer tour. It's man. It, <laughs> I'll tell you what's the, what's the craziest thing is, is we do have Russian fans and oh, we, sure. yeah. yeah and, and I get messages. I got a message yesterday on Instagram from a fan in Russia that was out on a date with his uh with his girlfriend and they were listening to cold stairs music and just he stopped and take a second to send me a note and say something nice about it and it's like 
my God, you know, we're all connected with this music. You you have a couple mm-hmm. of these lunatics that it's get not in the power. people of the countries, yeah, it's, it's the people in power of the country. Yes. And they're all the same, man. All the same. All the same. All the same. It's a shame. Well, there's a guy, there's a really good Irish guitar player and singer, Travis Dealey, who follows you guys. I know on Instagram, Chris. Do you know him? I'm sure I do. I know so many people from on there. I don't know him personally, but the name sounds familiar. Brian and I like to do occasionally every couple of months to across the pond where we get somebody from the UK. Um, and I've talked to Brian, this, this cat can like shred on guitar. He sings like a blues rock type of music. He's, he always chats me on Instagram, but I know he follows your stuff too. So he may, he may re- reach out to you guys. You guys are over in Ireland and need an opener. He probably do it for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Go Travis here. I, I, I you know I did your PR for you, buddy. You owe me one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works now, man. I mean, yeah. It's the way it's the way all the great connections happen these days is people being friendly and nice and looking out for each other. So, yeah, we'd love to have you. Uh, speaking of which, I saw you guys touring in the fall with Larkin Poe, and I know you had to cut that short to go overseas. But like, what, how'd you guys get hooked up with Larkin Poe? How did that happen? Um, I think it just came in. Something that, that uh, Ron at the label helped with. I think he. Uh, talk to the guy from that yeah that's right that's right that's right yeah little label help there and uh and and also chris was friends with uh tyler bryant rebecca's husband so well he was at he was at that show he went and came out and played the encore oh that's right yeah yeah he opened for them when you guys took off to europe to help them with their tour didn't he i think so like he did like a solo solo gig yeah Hmm. Yeah, those guys are those guys are great. Larkin's great, and and Tyler's great. We I think we kind of Ron at our label, our A and R guy, Ron Berman, who uh, he was at Roadrunner during the Nickelback stuff, and he's been around forever and had an immense amount of success in the rock world. But he has been great uh, in the fact that he's A and R, but he also plays the role of manager sometimes and helps reach out some stuff. But we had, we had talked about a few tours. Actually, we had a couple tours that we turned down that just weren't the right fit. And th- that one came up and they were like, what do you guys think about this? I was like, yeah, perfect, man. You know, some more blues rock stuff. So, and they were great live, you yeah. know, much, um, the records are good. Um, and I, and I dug the records, but they, they're a rock and roll band live, you know, they're rocking. So it's a good fit. I was worried that we might be too heavy for them, but we weren't, we were not. No, no. <laughs> I mean, both of them can, can play their, instruments really well and they harmonize so perfectly together it's crazy only like family only like family only like family coincidentally go ahead brian coincidentally i saw last night uh uh, just watching stuff on youtube one of the years the chicago blues festival they were playing and it was freaking they throw down yeah good band why to see you guys in cincy because when you came to my hometown of Columbus, you guys were off in, in Europe already, but it was a great show. I appreciate the hospitality. I stalked Brian a little bit. He was talking to friends. I'm like standing behind. It was so weird. It's the first indoor concert I've been in since COVID. I didn't even know how to be social. I like just, but I'm standing there waiting for him to finish coming. I'm like, hey, can you give these stickers to Chris? <laughs> I'm like the biggest dork. It was terrible, but you know, social anxiety though. But you guys were awesome. I appreciate the hospitality. That was my, me and my wife's 20th wedding anniversary the day before that. So that was really fun to come down to Cincinnati and Chris I definitely owe you for that so thank you man it is it's 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 so awesome we've talked about this a few times it's so awesome to 
meet people for the first time that follow you on Instagram or that you do podcasts with or that you that you've met and especially like when we were in Europe you know we would be we would go to a venue and and you know we're in a in the French Alps you know it's it's a place where nobody would know about our music if it wasn't for Spotify and, and you we had people that came up hey you know follow you on Instagram I like are you gonna play that one guitar tonight or you guys do this or do that and it's so nice to meet uh meet all those people we're all connected and when you when you get to actually perform for somebody especially when you know they're excited to see you you know so great oh for sure that European tour was wonderful you guys took in the ball you took a lot of great pictures on that was you or Brian taking some photos but it's gorgeous you guys played some really nice looking establishments I call it the boutique I call it I call that the boutique tour man it was really uh it was really cool I have Brian tell you about a couple of venues but we we were like um you know when you go on tour in the states you you know kind of what kind of rooms you're going to play like Bogarts in Cincinnati is amazing or whatever mm -hmm. else but our agency in Europe Trace Ombres big shout out to those guys we who we love and they they do such a fantastic job but they do such a cool job at putting you in venues in places that you would never dream of it's not like it's you know we played some big cool rock clubs over there but we also played a castle and you know Brian maybe can speak to a little bit of that a couple of those venues that we played yeah, it's crazy playing some of these buildings that are that old. I mean, we just don't have anything that old here in the United States and certainly not music venues, you know. Like Chris was saying, you, you kind of know what to expect. A lot of them look alike. And uh, this is a little bit different, you know. Uh, even the smaller venues were uh, quaint, but um, the people are so into it, so passionate, so nice that, I mean, really, you could have we could have played anywhere, you know. Um, yeah, it was a good time, and they like and you the guys. I mean, yeah, yeah. And the photos that Chris took, I mean, it's just amazing. For Christmas, he uh, he made a photo book, a tour book, and I just cherish it so much. It's such so awesome. And, but his photos could be in National Geographic. I mean, it looks they're great. They're they gorgeous. Look, they look mean, amazing. They look like tourism. Photos. Oh yeah. yeah. The 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 only downside yeah. of that is is that I love I love photography so much and just traveling in history that. I made the mistake of just, and I've done this a couple of times. It's, it's very hard if you, so you've been, you've been on the road eight hours, you left wherever and you get to Paris and, and, and you're already tired. You're two hours from sound check and then you got an hour to kill and then you got to play. And then you got to be, you know, it's like, I really should take a nap, but when's the next <laughs> time I'm going to be in Paris, you know? So exactly. I, I'm, I'm walking around taking pictures and, and doing that just because it's like, I guess you'll, sleep when you die it's like but but the problem with that is by the end of by three quarters of the way through the tour i was sick and just exhausted i had a cold and couldn't get over it because i wasn't getting any sleep and you know we saw paris spain belgium holland uh the netherlands i guess i said that we we germany we we did everywhere over there and it's like i don't know you know especially after pandemic it's like when are we going to get back over here or if we, what happens if we never do so you want exactly. those memories and but you know i, I probably drive them crazy sometimes philip our tour manager is like man just go to sleep or we're, we're driving <laughs> we're, we're driving through the desert in spain i mean literally 
and some mountains and castles on top of mountains and in dry lake beds. I'm like, pull over, pull over. I got to take, let me take a picture, you know? So, <laughs> but we, w- that trip was the prettiest that we've done as a band, but it was also grueling. Uh, at least to me, it was, we, man, I was freaking exhausted by the time we got done. And you guys kind of fit it in perfectly too, from the pockets of like the COVID cases. I think you guys came back just in time before everything went to hell again. Oh yeah. 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 We were lucky with that. Yep. We, Price. we, we, we didn't Go think ahead, we Kirsten. were going a, a week ahead of time. We, when is when we got tickets and took off, okay. like we, we literally, we were like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then they were like, okay, uh, looks like you could fly into Denmark from the States because you know, we're assholes and we don't let anybody from Europe fly in here. So nobody was letting <laughs> us people fly in over there. <laughs> And finally, Denmark was cool enough to go, okay, you could fly here. So we we were like, okay, well, if we fly to Denmark, maybe once we're on the ground, they won't stop us at the border. And this is a crazy story, but honest to God, we got to Denmark and we were heading into Sweden for some of the first shows and we got stopped at the border and this lady came over and our tour managers is always nervous. I'm like, man, give her a CD and be cool. And he gave her a cold stare CD and was cool with her. And she let us through, you know, he, wow. I, <laughs> something, something, something along those lines, you know, it was like, it worked. So we were like, all right, we've, we've made it into two countries now. It's just... Actually, I think that was, that was the tour before this. And that was the first time we went back over there. Yeah. Cause we, we went into Denmark this last time was, we went into, uh, we went into Belgium we went into Brussels. So, but yeah. We we wow. we we got really lucky with the uh, with the shutdown open open close. You know, we slipped in there. Has there ever been any talk about uh, touring with any label mates? I mean, could we get a Cold Stairs Georgia Thunderbolts tour? Wow, or... that'd be incredible. Uh, I think I think we had talked about doing a show. We almost did a show together in Nashville not too long ago, and we. Um, you know, those guys are great. We that's a good thing about mascots. So many other good bands on the really, so. yeah. It's a great label. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think that will probably happen at some point. Show Very those cool. kids a thing or two, man. They're 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 a good bunch. We've had them on a couple times. Um, good good dudes. Bryce, have you so you've your European background with that name? Have you been to Europe? I I haven't. I haven't. The furthest I've been is Texas, so I, and I don't think that counts. So, <laughs> Brian, Chris, you're gonna have to take this dude around, man. I mean, I yeah. think the more the thing is keep CDs on hand because that's that's better than a passport. There we go. There we yeah. go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you're gonna have to take him around and break him into all these other states and all these countries now. Man, I I'll tell yeah. you what, it, it's it's so fun when Brian and I do it that. It's it's something great to share, whether we have our wives with us or we have Bryce or whoever. It's it's been so fun. You you do want to share it. Yeah, it's cool to watch that excitement. You know, we're so blessed and thankful to have seen those things, and that someone else gets to experience it. And you know, we get to, we get to observe that. I think it's a it's a gift. You know, can't wait to take them all over the place. We're proud. Yeah, of them. I mean, I mean, I was uh, we were at rehearsal a few weeks ago and. Uh, Chris was showing me the book he got he did for Brian with pictures and everything and it was just kind of like oh my god this is I, I couldn't believe it you know like, like some of the places that they played and and you know now they're talking about taking me with them I'm just like I, I don't understand 
Why me? What, what, what is this? It's a dream come true, do? man. There, Don't screw it, it up, Bryce. I know. Don't screw it up. Come on, man. Come on, man. Carry their shit for them when they tell you to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He, <laughs> he's, say, he's saying that now, but by the time we get over there at about when you have like a 25 day tour and you're at day 14 and you hadn't had a day off and you haven't slept and, because when you get over there, when we get over there, you're a day behind and then you haven't slept all night. And then it's daytime and then you're off and running. He may, he may be like, <laughs> I'm not 25 anymore, man. This is not, this is not for me. That flight is, over, I cannot sleep. And you're right. Like, cause you're flying okay, over yeah. during overnight and you get there in the morning and you are effed if you, if you didn't get sleep on the airplane. Absolutely. Wow. Just remember that. Try to sleep on the plane, okay. take something, yeah. do whatever you need to do. Some cause sleeping man, pills. Yeah. <laughs> cause you cannot take a nap during the day. Cause it screws your whole entire, like oh, you'll yeah, never yeah. get on schedule once you get over yeah. there. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm awake till like two in the morning almost every night. I'm just, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, what's the How old word is this I'm dude? Did you guys get? Is he like younger than <laughs> you guys? I'm like he's two of the clock in the morning shit. What is that? <laughs> I know old, old folks don't do that anymore. Do that. We had some people we, the last the last show we played. We started at ten, which I thought was early. And we had some fans go, "Wait a minute, what? Why are you playing at ten? Can you not play at like seven or something?" I'm like, seven? Shit, you know, it's like. It's a little early, but <laughs> I just played a, a local band, you know, and we've been playing together for years, but like, we used to always, you know, Hey, we want to be the last band or it's our show. We're going to be last or whatever. Now we're like, put us on first and everybody else can play behind us. I'm going to go home by midnight. Dude, we're, we, we were the same way for a while. It's just, you know, you get to a certain point. You're like, I'm tired. I just, I just don't, you know, I don't need to be up anymore. There's nothing, nothing good that happens that late. <laughs> when it's a when it's a local show it never hurts to get get home early and yeah for sure so hey guys what is next you've got bryce in the band we've heard stuff about touring record kind of what 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 are the next you know milestones events for you guys what's what's coming up so march we have a, a midwest tour we're going to be out across the midwest kansas city uh, des moines iowa uh i forget what all's on that run but so we're out in March on tour. We are in, in the studio making a record in April. Um, May, we'll have some tour dates popping up, I'm sure, pretty soon. In June, we are playing the WC Handy Blues Fest in Henderson, Kentucky, which is a huge... Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a killer festival. So we're doing that, and then we take off the day after that to go to Scandinavia uh, for a few weeks tour over there. Then we come back. In July, we have a run to Texas that we're going to spend a week or so in Texas. We've never really toured down there. And then in August, we head back to Europe with Joe Bonamassa for the Blues Cruise. Nice. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So we're playing the Mediterranean Cruise. So um, That's not terrible. It's not a terrible place to cruise. <laughs> yeah, I hope we do. I hope we all do all right on the boat. That's the only thing. But I'm sure it's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be cool. So, I'm sure it's but, a big we'll enough boat. Right, right. I hope. I hope so. The bigger it is, the players. less you feel, Chris. The bigger the boat, the less you feel. Uh, I, I may have to start drinking again or something. I don't know. <laughs> but we're we're hopeful to tie in um, another week or two of touring, maybe or at least another good week while we're over there. So we'll do a week with Joe, seven days with Joe, and then maybe seven, ten days. Um, we had a number one song last year in Italy, so we haven't played wow. Italy yet. Yeah, so maybe we'll try to try to hit that while we're over there what song close. what song hit one in the nighttime 
Oh, and, nice. Yeah, okay. We had was number one for almost off and on for three months on Radio Damn. Freshman Italy. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, man. It went crazy. Well, I, I opened the phone, kind of like what Bryce was talking about. I opened the phone one morning and I had um, I had all these uh, things on the Apple uh, artist thing. You, you can look in an Apple and see your um, your bands, how your band's performing or whatever, your analytics. And it, it was a uh, thing where, what's the, what's the app that you speak into? You, you sing the song and it tells you what song, Shazam. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, okay. and, it, and it had, it said, in the nighttime, uh, Shazam's up 3,000 something percent. And I'm like, what? It must be, a, <laughs> what is, it must be a thing. But pe- people were hearing the song on the radio and Shazam in it. And uh, it just kind of took off from there. It was just kind of a grassroots thing. So that was great. But we've never, we've never been to Italy, never played Italy yet. And uh, so that's probably going to be on the books. Yeah, tell your tour manager, man. You had a number one song over there. You guys yeah. get over there, fill the Coliseum up. Well, they were on it. Our, our tour manager was on it, and the record label was on it, but they shut everything down again. Oh, like, right when yeah. we were going to do it. Uh, yeah, we were going to do it last time, and they they shut it down, and then they were like, man, all the venues are like 40%. Everybody's got to stand seven foot, seven foot apart, wear rain suits or whatever. It's like, <laughs> yeah shit we can't you know you got to make you got to make money you got to sell seats when you do these things right. and they exactly they yeah. so but hopefully hopefully by august um i think i think the european nations are kind of sick of sick of it all anyway it seems so hopefully we're safe maybe by august my fingers crossed this is i mean most global all of our global pandemics that we know about have all been like a three-year thing and we're getting ready to start three year three so man i i just yeah i just we need it we just need this stuff to go away and live music and so when I go see you guys in indoor, I know how to behave myself socially again. I'm so out of practice. <laughs> Dude, I, I did not get any of that at all. I thought you were cool as no, heck, man. <laughs> yeah, not at all, man. Not at all, dude. <laughs> it was so I was so weird. It was but it was it was a lot of fun. Hey, Brian, Brian Jones and I have a request. Hit North Dakota for Brian, hit Ohio, <laughs> or at least close enough to Ohio, Fort Wayne, something close close to me. Hey, Minneapolis. I'm I'm three hours west of Minneapolis. Okay. Okay. Get those tours. Hey. Yeah, we are trying to actively book Fort Wayne because I'm friends with the guys at Sweetwater, and yeah, I think the Clyde Theater up there is is yep. the Sweetwater venue. So we're they're it's booking a great that venue. Yeah, they're booking that. They're booking that hopefully for the spring. So as soon as you see that, then or as soon as I hear that, I'll let you know. Let me know. I'll be over. I awesome. I saw. Candlebox and the Dead Deads last October, oh, yeah. November over there. It was really good show. Good, I mean, it's huge. I mean, it is a humongous. Used to be a theater. It's just enormous, but cool, cool place for sure. And uh, you go to Sweetwater, hang out, Chris. I know you're a big gear guy. Like they got tons of shit over there. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, and they got plenty of money. So I've I've heard they've invested. <laughs> they've invested well in that theater. I, Have I you been there before? I it's amazing. I mean, you're you're I, from Evansville. Have you been there? No. You know, uh, Fort Wayne is five and a half hours from Evansville, I think. Okay, it's like it's, driving it's, to Columbus. Like, it's the same yeah. distance. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's a haul. I haven't been up there, but I have a really good friend that uh, that works up there. And um, I should have a plaque on the wall in there somewhere from buying so much gear from there. But <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know. But I do have a good friend that works up there. And, and we've been put them in touch with our agent. So hopefully we're getting something done there. Well, we're going to talk gear. Go. What's that? Go ahead. Gear? 
Well, also, you three need to go. If you the, the facility is insane. Not only does it have a super cool like showroom and all that, but there's a food court. There's an arcade, like actual arcade games. There's a gym. There's a doctor's office, a hair salon. All you know, some of the stuff patrons can use, but some of the stuff's just for the associates. It's it's incredible. It's I, I mean, it's like a I don't even know how to describe it. It's just a mega complex. Yeah, I know those guys that sell up there make a ton of money. They they do. do they? They, that's a good living. Yeah, they sell a lot of stuff. So. My sales engineer does okay too. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. He, if he doesn't hear from me for about a month, I get an email or phone call. Hey, just checking in to see if you're alive. You haven't bought anything in a while. <laughs> Jose, uh, they 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 one time they sent me something. You know, they always send those send those little bags of candy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, dude, well, I don't know why you keep sending this stuff. The only thing I eat out here is a bit of honey. And I'm, well, I'm tossing funny. I'm, I see the bit of honey. I'm like, there's things they still make those things. <laughs> so, so what you, what you have to do is I told him, I told him that in the next, from there forward, I, every bag I get is nothing but bit of honey. So oh, that's how, wow. that's how great, that's how great they are, man. It's like, those things oh, pull okay. your fillings out. They're so sticky. <laughs> that's, that's man candy. You gotta be a man. To eat that candy. <laughs> or, or have dentures. One of the two. <laughs> sorry brian what, what were you gonna oh, say i, just, I, didn't I was gonna say if we're gonna talk about gear we don't often get bass players on here and i'm a bass player so oh, nice. see, is that a jazz behind you it is it's a, a getty lee oh, uh, nice a made in japan model i equipped it with a whammy bar and oh, wow. uh, emg jvx pickups and it's got an active uh j retro preamp it's got wow. bass treble mid and mid frequency it's a little overkill, but this thing, uh, it can cover anything. Anything right you want, it, it can Ace cover that thing. with a whammy bar. Now, that's something you don't see every day. <laughs> yeah. I give, it was, him, uh, I give him shit about that. I give him shit about the, the whammy bar. All the time. You're going to have but, to uh, break out some, like, uh, 80s metal or some some Van Halen, Chris. Yeah. Work on your finger tap yeah. so he can do his whammy bar. <laughs> I think I remember yeah. a picture from the 80s, like one of the guitar magazines, a bass player for the Cars. Had a whammy bar in his oh face. yeah no shit yeah yeah uh, i mean les claypool from primus is my probably my number one inspiration uh and so that's basically where that came from is that gave me the idea to throw it on there and i had extra money and uh you know nothing else to spend it on so why not why not <laughs> well we need to hook you up with the sweetwater engineer apparently right chris there we go there we go so what's the yeah. rest of your rig bryce um, I'm playing through a, it's not in here, it's a Fender Basement 800 head. Okay. Um, it's a really nice head. In fact, I, I bought it off Chris. It's a great head. Um, and I go through a couple of um, Gailey and Kruger cabinets. Okay. Uh, two, two, two by tens and, uh, you know, and then some effects, a Sans amp for a little bit of grit. And uh, I started using an Earthquaker Devices uh, Westwood pedal great great overdrive fuzz real warm real natural sounding what um, really, are you using with your bass is it like a multi-effects pedal or is it single it's um well it's the what is it the bass driver di it's uh the programmable one so i have three different channels on it so i have one set up uh no it's, well this is a fly rig for my guitar it's yeah multi-effects. Okay. it's not a bass one yeah, it's um, it's the Sansamp DI. I forget what it's called. I think it's just Bass Driver DI, and it's got three channels on it. And I have it set up for uh, you know, relatively clean, a slight grit, and then all out as gritty as it can get. You know, drive all the way up to, to eleven. So 
Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's sounds a hell of a hot rotted base. Chris, sounds- how do you keep up with that thing? How do you keep up with it? I'll tell you two things. First of all, his rig sounds great. And the and the great thing about Bryce is that he's not just a one-tone bass player. So that different parts of the song, he's using different things, you know, especially on the solos, like he'll throw in he becomes the fuzz bass player during that time. So that's great. As far as that whammy bar goes, if you see it anywhere near the stage, Brian Mullins, grab it and throw it out the back window. It's a running joke. It's a running joke. Yeah. I, I'm lucky. I, I didn't bring it to rehearsal the first couple times because I, I don't know. You I, wanted I the just, gig? I, yeah, yeah. I wanted the gig. I wanted it exactly. I wanted the gig. So the and then I kind of snuck it, it in there. The first time I saw it, I thought it was a reflection. Like I thought, no, I didn't just see a whammy bar. In there. Like I didn't. No. I looked a few minutes later. You know, I didn't want to like eagle eye the guy or something. You know, right. when we're done recording tonight, I'm just gonna go on Google and like Google pictures of bases with whammy bars just to see where else there I can go. see such a thing. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you know what's gonna be funny is about three years into this, the next record is gonna take off, and all of a sudden we're gonna have this media problem because there's going to be some picture of bryce that surfaces with like some 80s hair and he's standing there holding his base grabbing the whammy bar or something you guys are not really authentic man your your bass player was play, playing david lee roth or something there we go mr big man yeah there you go. hey mr big you know yeah talented musicians in that band. oh yeah great absolutely band. absolutely Chris, so you're a guitar guy, you know, obviously. You get any cool new gear or guitars recently? Man, I've always got I've always got something coming in. I, I have subsidized my income being in a band for the last 20 years, basically running a guitar shop. And it's the last 10 years have got has gotten to a point where I'm kind of curating guitars for friends. And I got a lot of people that are that call me and say, Hey man, I'm looking for a 50s Les Paul or this or that and so I've, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of people through there Joe Bonamassa and Charlie Daughtry and a lot of those guys that are um, Charlie Starr who you had on all those guys yep. are you know gear guitar lovers and buyers and traders so I kind of run in that circle but uh, I got a, a 65 Strat in last week that I bought um, with the intention on reselling it because I got it at a pretty good price and I was going to move it and I got it in and played it and I haven't had a 60 strat before I've had just about everything else but when I got it in I was like oh shit what do I what else do I have I can sell because I can't uh <laughs> can't get rid get rid of it and I have a few a few that's that's came in like that but um yeah I'm a Fender guy you know I got the Fender endorsement and and Bryce's got a Fender endorsement now he's playing Fender basses he's got a new one coming in pretty nice. soon yeah so we're Fender guys, yeah. man. And, and yeah, you know, cool. there's really at, at at this point, and I've always kind of been like this, but when you finally get to a point where you can kind of play anything you want to, then you, the main thing is to play and be involved in with good people. Mm-hmm. And like, I love Gibson guitars. Gibson's got some great guitars and I, and I'm friends with the guys at Fano. I'm friends with the guys at Collins and, um, but man, I, the Fender guys are really the best guys in the world. Those they really, really are just fantastic, and they're musicians, and they've been super sweet to us and super supportive. So, you know, it's one of the, the one of one of the most proudest moments in my life is whenever I I got the Fender endorsement. So, I'm a Fender guy. 
Well, because you have that, I, I have a very serious question for you. Got to help me out with. Absolutely. So for Christmas, my kids shipped in. They got me this Lego set where you build a Fender guitar. <laughs> yeah. You can either build That's the awesome. red one or the black one. I was leaning black. Which one should I build? Which which face should I do? You got to go black, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing black. I had to ask yeah, the expert. I love that, man. You got a lot more patience than I do. If you put that, I can I can build a guitar in the time that <laughs> it would take me to put together that Lego thing. Well, it's it's February one, and I, I got that on Christmas, so that should tell you a lot. Not that I don't love the gift, but it's gonna take. My son was always an expert Lego builder as a young kid, and I I have to have him come back from college to help me. I think, but I need yeah. to know color black or red. I was leaning black because Eric Clapton. He always played black strat, so. Clapton is my hero, as is David Gilmore. Those those two guys, and you know, Hendrix yeah. played a black strat. Black strats, man, that's where it's at. I would love to have a black strat. I've got this roadhouse with the blue, like light blue on there, but I'm keeping my eye out for a black one one day. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful guitar as well. It's 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 weird, you know. It's a roadhouse strat. They put them out for a few years a while ago. I got it. My, I think my wife got it for me on my 40th birthday. She did. So that was six, seven years ago, but it has like a preamp built into it with one of the knobs and stuff. And uh, just, oh, yeah. it's an interesting guitar, but it's got the, the 70s style headstock, that real big headstock on it. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it does a lot of stuff. I'm almost, I almost want to pull the electronics out and just have straight tone and volume knobs on it because I don't like that putting the battery in and run the, like the preamp stuff through it. You know, I like the big headstocks. I don't have them on my strats, but I have them on both my meteoras. I just it, it feels a little bit more natural with those. Those are reverse headstocks, all of Jimi Hendrix. Yep. And I think the bigger headstocks, the, the more mass up there, especially on those two meteoras that I have, adds a little bit of sustain and just a little bit more mid range, a little bit more hump to it. So I love that. Yeah, it's a it's a cool guitar. It's just it's just so weird with those electronic switches in it, you know. Just it doesn't yeah. feel like I just want standard. Yeah, that's easy enough to swap out. You just want to go with standard tone pots and volume pots and get those out. I'm I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. I've I've done very <laughs> few electrical stuff, but I'm working my way up to that. I've got a Kramer. I bought a Kramer Beretta special last year you know where they brought out those and it's one pickup so i switched out the pickup on that and put a new volume knob in. i'm like okay that's one i'm gonna work my way up to multiple pickups and switches there you go. go all right brian we don't want to leave you out this gear talk tell us about your drum kit what, who are you using okay right now i'm using a gretz usa custom set 24 inch bass drum uh 13 inch rack 16 inch floor tom um a snare drum six and a half by 14 and i've got a bunch of other kits too a bunch of older ludwig stuff so i have no professional affiliation and i like it that way because i can play whatever i want so if i can i can frankenstein a setup and you know there we go. have this for a snare and that for a bass drum and you know i just want the best sounds i can get and i don't you know i i don't um you know i i know a lot of people um you know fender if, if i met the drum a drum company that was uh like chris said about fender that i felt the same way i'd be all about it but um you know those guys at fender i've seen it this is coming from a drummer i mean the people that work there look like they enjoy their jobs and what they do and they enjoy each other so that's awesome that's if i found a company like that that made great drums i would certainly be interested but um 
But yeah, man, the best endorsement I can give something is to put my own money towards it. So true. There you go. And yeah, your man. your kick is pretty big, if I remember correctly. Like you got a pretty substantial size kick drum. It is, yeah. It's a twenty four, and it, in the early days, I was playing a twenty eight, and that was a little excessive, wow. and it kind of made the <laughs> positioning yeah mess up the positioning. You know, hard for Bryce to carry in and out of the the truck. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Actually, Bryce, Bryce, Bryce could. You know? Bryce could fit inside that bass drum. <laughs> that that thing, that thing was huge. It only weighed. It, it was really light, though, right, Brian? It was super light, just big. Oh yeah, yeah. A sixty-five marching bass drum, super shell, uh, super thin shell, three ply, and it weighs nothing. You know, the hardware is so much heavier now. The metal is a lot thicker and more substantial. Yeah. You know, so. But yeah, yeah. He has a he has a Gretsch the Gretsch kit that he's playing now the Gold Sparkle kit is not only the the prettiest kit I think he's had but man it sounds so good we were working on a track the other day and he sent a demo a drums over just a loop for me to be able to write to and I put it in the car and I just couldn't believe how good it sounded I mean he's he's great at and proficient at recording the drums but that particular set of drums just sounds so freaking good. It really yeah, does. Yeah. I'm really happy with it. It's been a long time since I bought a new drum set, you know, something uh, modern with the modern amenities, you know, hardware that works and, and the uh, legs <laughs> that don't collapse halfway through the set. So, <laughs> the vintage is cool, man, but, the, you know, the creature comforts of a new set are, in fact, yeah. nice, you know. For sure. For sure. Well, gentlemen, you know, it was great having you guys on here, Chris. Brian, thanks for coming on to mention, to, to introduce Bryce to everybody. I know he's been with you guys a little bit, but kind of, you know, get him out on the, on the social media and the podcast and everything to get, you know, get his name out in the band. One of our Absolutely. favorite bands album was one of my top albums of the year last year. I mean, you guys are killing it. I can't wait to see you guys live again. Where do we go? Where do our listeners go to find out more about the cold stairs fire albums, where you're playing, get merch. Uh, easiest thing is just the coldstairs.com. And, um, if you don't find what you're looking for on there, um, it's got, it's got most of the links on there. We're on all the social media stuff is the cold stairs, but also mascot records. If you're on their website, they have, uh, the t-shirts and the albums and the CDs and have some really cool limited vinyls and some other stuff. So mascot you guys records aren't on Twitter, right? Like you're on Instagram, Facebook, no Twitter. No Twitter, man. I got off there a couple of years ago. I don't didn't really like it. It just was all politics and all bad vibes. And as much as they tell us that we need to be on everything to do that, I just don't want our name associated with that. So we met some really good friends on Instagram and on Facebook and um, it stays more in the music realm. And that's kind of where we want to be. I agree. I think Instagram and Facebook, it's a little bit more positivity. Instagram is definitely a lot more positivity for sure, for yeah. sure. But there are a lot Absolutely. of hashtag cold stare stuff. I see off a lot with other people's podcasts and all sorts of stuff. And I never could find you. So I wanted to figure out I had you guys, I'd ask you that, but go to your website, go to the mascot records website, buy their stuff, go see them live, go watch Bryce play his bass with the whammy bar. I mean, it's gotta be, <laughs> it's gotta be great. Um, and guys come back on anytime. Like, you know, we're, we're big fans. So any, anytime you guys need to promote, awesome. come back. Brian. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, thank Jason and Brian both. Thank you guys again for having us again. You guys do such a great job and 
as fans of the podcast. It's always great Thank to, you. to talk to you guys. Thank you Absolutely. so much. So that's Chris Tepp, uh, Brian Mullins, and the new guy, Bryce Clee, from the Cold Stairs. The latest record is Heavy Shoes. They're going to be doing a little Midwest tour in March and uh, going in the studio in April, and we're really looking forward to all the new stuff that, that we'll get to hear, man. Thank you guys so much for being on. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you to Chris and Brian and uh, new bass player Bryce of uh, the Cold Stairs for talking to us. Uh, uh, as always, as you know, great conversation. Uh, Chris, hilarious, telling us lots of Europe stories and telling us how Bryce got in the band. And he couldn't be a nicer dude and a nicer conversationalist and uh, happy, upbeat, and uh, very good. Very, very yeah, good. Yeah, man. You know, Bryce was on first before Chris and, and Brian got on. So we had a really good chance to talk with him. He's like an old friend, just super, just super personable, fun guy. I ripped on him a little bit for looking like the actor Brecken Meyer, which is a compliment. <laughs> that guy was in a bunch of hits, but he could get a little bit of that look. He called himself David Lynch, too. He looks like a, a little bit of a younger version of David Lynch with the hair, but <laughs> super cool dude. Like, I can't wait to hear them live, you know, mm-hmm. in Chris, I think Chris did tell us that he did track some bass stuff on records. Mm-hmm. I forgot to go back and listen to the first podcast with them. So that might make sense. But, you know, being live, when I saw him live, super heavy sound. So just to see those dynamics and see Chris do a couple solos or maybe play some acoustic or do something different. I'm all, I'm all in, man, because, you know, I'm a big fan of those guys. I like all their records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, more shows coming in March, uh, going back in the studio April. Uh, really looking forward to that, like how their sound is going to expand and uh, Chris can, you know, do some more uh, playing, you know, just besides the rhythm. Yeah, and it's funny. This is the second podcast in a row where we've had the band Clutch came up because Damon yeah. Johnson spoke about Clutch. Yeah, yeah. Chris brought up Clutch. We talked about Clutch. And I think on the original interview we did with Chris last summer, he talked about Clutch. So like, we've got this Clutch thing. We're going to have to have Clutch on. Like, yeah, I mean, out of the ballpark episodes. You know, we were talking before about uh, uh, um, Monster Truck, Crowbot. You know, I was talking to you about uh, Blacktop Mojo. And that Clutch, they seem like they all fit into that. This is kind of heavier, heavier. Yeah you know bluesy I, told you, kind of I almost sound. died at a clutch concert in columbus in my <laughs> 20s i went with my, my friend my friend matt who was still going to school at ohio state this is when i graduated school in columbus and we went and the whole whole club was a mosh mosh pit to the point of i just got up against the side of a wall and prayed not too many people hit me. <laughs> you didn't jump in there <laughs> I, I did at first and then it was like it wasn't going to stop and i'm like you know i'm an adult now with a job and responsibility right, right. i'm 23 24 years old right brian so i wasn't going to <laughs> i've never could show up on the construction site i've never moshed never stage dived i've you know seen it but i moshed at a hootie and the blowfish concert believe it or not really there was you're admitting so I... that <laughs> I've seen Hootie many times. They're my one of my no, no, that's fine. Seeing them is weird. I did not start it. We were they were playing at Riverbend Amphitheater, so the, in Cincinnati, the big outdoor amphitheater on the river, and the, this was the first time. It was when they hit and they started headlining, mm-hmm. and I don't know, a group of drunk college kids in front of me started started a mosh pit. In I mean, that concert at that time, they were they were you know this uh you know stage surfing or whatever crowd surfing and moshing all that it was like people would do it at any any show and i think at that point it kind of gotten fashionable and trendy and 
uh, more than a couple times I've heard Chris Robinson really, you know, let loose on some people doing that. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've seen him pretty unhappy on stage <laughs> with some crowds. It's detracting from the performance. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Well, uh, it was a great pleasure talking to those guys, and it's always a great pleasure uh, talking for you guys and you guys listening to us. So uh, always remember, Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 